The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we hope that you get something out of the broadcast that will make you live longer and have more enjoyment with life. That may seem to be a stretch, but our program today, I think, can do that. And we're talking this morning with John Day, a local attorney. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Bob. Great to have you with us. We're going to be talking about Roy Heron from West Tennessee, who passed away this week uh, as a result of a jet ski accident. Yeah, just tragic. July 1st, you know, the the holiday weekend when lots and lots of people who are able to do so uh, escape to a local lake for the weekend or for just the day and enjoy boating and uh, that's exactly what Roy was doing that weekend. He was there with his sons, and uh, unfortunately, he got injured and lost his life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was just one of those things that happened in life. That- yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that the details concerning exactly what happened are sketchy. Uh, what's been reported in the media is that Roy was a passenger on a sea being driven uh, by a young woman who I have learned, and I think this is correct, was the a classmate of a, of his son, uh, who was a, a medical student uh, at Emory, and apparently the boys, Roy and uh, Nancy, have three children. Um, Roy and the boys were up at Kentucky Lake, and there were some friends from Emory, and Roy was on the back of a sea do and and. The, that sea uh, uh, was hit by another sea and Roy um, had horrible orthopedic injuries and a head injury. Uh, the young lady driving had serious orthopedic injuries, and Roy uh, eventually lost his life as a result. And one of the things that we want to get across to all of you uh, is these personal watercrafts, which is one thing they call them, the jet boats, jet skis, they're more prone to accidents, according to the TWRA, because they change directions so quickly. Well, I think that's there's, there's a couple of things that make uh, uh, PWCs or personal watercrafts uh, uh, dangerous. Number one is they can change direction very quickly. Number two they can only change direction when they're under power. And what I mean by that and how that creates danger is this. Uh, And first of all, you should know I am an avid uh, jet skier. I have uh, had one for over 20 years. I have ridden close to 40,000 miles uh, on a (laughs) Sea-Doo, one and a half times around the world, essentially. That is avid. (laughs) And, yeah, I I ride every weekend when the weather is 60 degrees or more. My daughter, uh, now I've got a 15-year-old daughter, and she and I go out at sunup, which is the first legal time to ride. You can't can't ride before sunup. And we ride for an hour to an hour and a half. 
my my point is what a lot of people don't know about CDUs or forget in a panic situation is that they are literally jet propelled. That is, water is sucked in and shot out the back, and you steer it by aiming the jet. If you're an inexperienced driver, you and you are confronted with danger. A natural reaction is to slow down to let your fingers off the throttle. When you do that, you lose the ability to steer. So you will go forward. Uh, uh, you can try to steer. It won't do any good. You'll slow down, but you aren't going to be able to avoid the hazard uh, uh, unless it, you've got the gas going and can turn. So that's where some people get into trouble is because they assume there's a hazard ahead. I need to slow down. No, you need to do more than that. So it goes against your instincts. It's your natural instincts. And, and you develop it after riding many, many, many miles and coming across hazards and knowing what to do. I mean, my my 15-year-old daughter has got... I'm going to say 150, 175 hours of driving experience on a Sea-Doo. Uh, she got her license uh, as soon as she could, which was 12. And You have to have a license for that? Everybody in the state of Tennessee who was born after, I think it's January 1, 1989, has to have a license to operate a boat or a personal watercraft device, Yes. Okay. So, I guess that's why I didn't have to have one. No, no, you were born just a couple of weeks before that, Bart, so you, you missed that. In my that. dream. <laughs> I loved water. I was uh, a lot like you are now. Uh, at a certain point in my life, I would go out every day, and but they didn't have sea uh, yeah. So I, I did it with, with boats and stuff. So. Yeah, we. I grew up in northern Wisconsin, and we did not have a boat in our family uh, until I was a junior in high school. But once we did have one, um, we used to go out and water ski and do all that sort of thing. So I've always loved boating. And as I mentioned, I've I've had a, uh, a jet ski or a personal watercraft device since I think I bought my first one in 1999. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a part of our family. Uh, our, my kids... Uh, grew up. We have a cabin down at Tim's Ford Lake, and they've spent a lot of weekends on that lake. And a lot of fun times. It's it's a wonderful way to spend time. But just like anything else, there's a certain element of danger, uh, not necessarily from what you do, from what but what from other people do. And uh, you know, you can get hurt anywhere. We, we in fact in Tennessee last year there were 134 uh, reported wrecks on. Tennessee lakes and rivers, and 29 people died. Wow. Four in Percy Priest Lake uh, last year, 2022. So we are fortunate to have a lake right here in our county, uh, but it, it has dangers. Anything that's fun has some risk to it. That's right, particularly if there are other people around. Most of the injuries and death are caused by collisions between two boats. Now, there's other hazards. You know, if you are, uh, you could hit a log, you know, particularly in the spring when uh, the water levels rise and pull things off the uh, debris off of the shoreline. There's floating objects, and if you hit one of those in a personal watercraft device going 70 miles an hour, 
which is what mine does, by the way. It's 300 horsepower. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah, it goes 70. Now, I don't drive it at 70 uh, very often. Maybe 64, maybe. <laughs> well, I tend to run about 40, um, but I, every day I, you know clean the carburetor out yeah, and for a minute it. or two run it at 70 uh, when the water is calm and there's nobody else around but yeah they go fast that's part of the fun what is for me i mean i used to ride motorcycle and i love that and then i had a very close friend who got killed on the road that i used to ride on all the time uh, it's a young girl uh uh, was fiddling with her radio and drifted across the center line and, and took him out. And I just decided to hang it up and not do that anymore. And I exchanged that thrill-seeking activity for uh, a sea-do that goes 70 miles an hour. So uh, at either, either way, uh, they both have their own dangers, but you have to you have to be practice some good safety rules. Well, that and that's why the boating, the licensure is a really, really good idea. I mean, you have to study for it, and you have to take a test, and it's it just makes sense when you're dealing with a piece of equipment that can go that fast. Now, the average, you know, ski boat doesn't go that fast, thirty-five or forty. Uh, the average pontoon boat. 35 or 40 max. I mean, I've got a pontoon boat. It'll hit 36 or 37 miles an hour. It's got a 250 horsepower engine on it. Uh, but you can you can cause serious injury and death even at those speeds, particularly if vessels collide. So those are some things. And, and I think I did not know Roy Heron, but uh, from people who know him, and I've spoken with some of them over the past few days, they say he was just a wonderful person a caring person well he he truly was i mean you know he went to law school at vanderbilt and got a master's in divinity at vanderbilt and was a very uh, religious man very active in the methodist church uh small town lawyer uh over in dresden tennessee and then decided to run for the legislature and i uh was elected both in the house and then later in the senate and I will, you know, people give our, our politicians a tough time. And uh, quite frankly, some of them deserve it from time to time. But most people who run for public office make a sacrifice. Not all, but most make a sacrifice financially and or time away from their family or otherwise. You know, Roy lived, it's about two and a half hours to get to Dresden uh, from Nashville and it used to be worse. Governor McWhorter made sure they had a pretty good road running up from the interstate all the way up to Dresden and Martin. But it, it was a heck of a sacrifice, that, and he did it. Uh, he ran for Congress. He was state Democratic Party chair. He did lots and lots of good things for people in this state. And I think, uh, as we were talking about off the air, people from both sides of the aisle uh, respected uh, what he did for the people of the state of Tennessee. He's a very, very good man. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, up in Martin, Tennessee, and he was saying that uh, the thing that impressed him, he, he gave it every bit of life that he could do to help people uh, when he was serving. 
there were there was only one time that he missed a session, and that was when his youngest son was born. Right. That's the only time he ever missed going to one of the sessions. Well, and that's for for people who don't know, the legislature meets in the spring and they meet on Monday night and they meet Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, many weeks uh, on into late April or May. Uh, that's a huge commitment, uh, particularly if you are a small business person or you are a lawyer or you are a doctor or some th- you're doing something where you're uh, your employer isn't going to pay you <laughs> because you are your employer in many cases. So these people make a sacrifice, and he did it for many, many years. And, uh, you know, he uh, Lee's been a wonderful family. His wife is also a lawyer, and she was a claims commissioner for the state of Tennessee over in the western part of the state where she would adjudicate claims brought against the state of Tennessee. And car wrecks or breaches of contract or that sort of thing. So both uh, Roy and Nancy have been very, very active public servants uh, for the people of this state and uh, did a great job. I mentioned to my friend that uh, you were going to be on this morning and we were going to do this program about uh, the dangers of uh, boating so that maybe people could avoid having this tragedy happen in their lives. And he said, you know, I can see Roy really liking that. He would appreciate that. Well, it crossed my mind whether this was distasteful to talk about. And then I thought about what would Roy say about it. And he would say the exact same thing that you just said. It is important for people to know that bad things can happen and that reasonable steps should be made to attempt to avoid those bad things from occurring. There's things you can do. You can't wrap yourself in a in bubble wrap and avoid every bad thing in life. Um, the good thing for Roy was he was there with his boys and he was having fun on that day, and he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when this happened. And um, he would be thrilled to know that someone else heard his uh, his misfortune and took steps themselves to avoid it happening in the future. He would like that very much. That's the way he lived. He was 69 years of age when he passed away. 69 and still actively practicing law uh, with his wife in Dresden. And uh, this friend of mine was talking about how he just loved life. I mean, he just was involved in so many things, but particularly anything that dealt with being outdoors. Yes. He was, uh, you know, he's an active runner uh, and he did ultra marathons and he did triathlons. I mean, he just, he was a very, very active guy. And I spent, I used to spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill in the late eighties and nineties. And so I spent a lot of time with him, you know, late at night or after a long day. And I remember him being exhausted. I never saw him depressed or down or not hopeful for the future. He just, he he would be tired. You could tell it looking at him and the spark wasn't quite there, but he was always so hopeful and uh, about Tennessee's future. You know, that's the kind of person that it's good to be around because positive runs rubs off on you then. Rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he rose the tide. So that's sort of uh, probably what you're going to start seeing uh, coming out of, uh, of this tragedy that happened to him. Uh, more and more people will be aware of the dangers and I had never, I'd never thought about the jet ski boat the way you just described it. Uh, ease off the power, the natural thing to do if you're coming towards someone, but then you lose control of the boat when you do that. Right. Yeah. But my daughter started riding Sea Dew, of course, in front of me. Drive Ed would let her drive. This is legal, by the way, when she was seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big thrill for a kid to be able to steer, right? I didn't let her handle the gas, the power. But her natural reaction as I let her start to handle the throttle with me behind her and ready to take over uh, was to let off the gas if we saw a stick or we saw something that might harm the engine. And I had to teach her, no, you need to turn and, and of course, uh, and keep your hand on the gas. And if you're going to have to be... Uh, aware or that you, you, if you're aware of the need to turn instantly to avoid a danger, you have to be aware of what's to your left and to your right behind you at all times so that you don't turn into another vessel. That's why it's important to keep a safe distance between vehicles on the water so that in the event somebody has to make a quick turn to avoid a hazard, that you don't cut into somebody else's path. Now, do you have rear-view mirrors on them like you would in a car or a motorcycle? A personal uh, watercraft, uh, the sea or, or jet skis, uh, yes, they all have mounted uh, mirrors on each side that uh, do a pretty good job of identifying what's behind you. They have the same limitations as car mirrors. You know, they're not perfect, uh, but they're pretty good. Um, yes. So that's just another thing to... Sort of keep in mind when you're learning how to and how not to uh, operate one of these. Right. You have to you have to pay attention before you make a movement to the left or right. You need because there's no lanes of traffic. You know there there's it, it's wide open space. That's the good news and that's also the bad news <laughs> because you can't count on somebody not being too close to you behind you in your blind spot. So as you go down the waterway, you have to not only maintain a a lookout ahead, but you have to be conscious of what's uh, coming up beside you just in case you have to make an evasive maneuver. I told you my daughter and I ride in the morning, and we always stay 40 feet apart so that in the event one or the other of us has to make a quick move, we can make it without interfering with the flow of the other person or risking a collision. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, I know most of my boating when I was a kid, I say kid, 16 to 20-something years old. That's a kid. <laughs> uh, was on the Cumberland River. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I was always uh, tried to be aware of barges because uh, they would sneak up on you. Right. And uh but if you're on Tim's Ford there's no barge. I don't think it's a connecting lake. Oh no, no, there's a dam. Uh, is okay. Yeah, there's a dam and there's a, a dam above it at Normandy. So no, there's no risk of that, but there's the risk of other vessels. And that's probably a bigger risk than a barge which is big, but it's not going to be 
quite like a, another jet ski coming up on you. You know, the the problem with with riding on a river like the Cumberland River, and I have ridden that on a Sea Dew and been on it on boats, is debris. There's a lot of debris that gets pulled off the bank, and uh, or get or because of the of the uh, waves created by the tug the the tugboats or the tow uh, the barges will pull stuff off the bank, and you have floating objects in the water. Mm-hmm. That's a big risk. The uh, I don't think a barge is going to sneak up behind you, Bart. Uh, uh, because they only go a few miles per hour. <laughs> if so, you're sitting in that boat doing something that, <laughs> having fun, let's say that, if it sneaks up on you. But if you're moving at all on a boat, no barge is going to sneak up. Not going to sneak. No. And, and they did have horns. Too. They do have very loud horns, yes. So, uh, But be aware of these things. And uh, as we talk about Roy Heron today, the passing of Roy Heron uh, due to a tragic accident on a ski do. Uh, people have been saying he would like to know that these conversations are going on, that, that his death wasn't just a loss. It, it helped somebody somewhere. Well, I, yeah, as I remarked earlier, he would want that, and he... He spent his whole life trying to educate people uh, about uh, the need for uh, people to be actively involved in their community and to give back to their uh, local and state government, et cetera. That's, so, yes, he, he would appreciate this. Uh, I mentioned to you off the air that uh, Roy Heron had more friends and people that called him a friend than most people I've ever met. He touched so, so many lives across this entire state. And there will be, there are, I'm going to say, tens of thousands of people that considered Roy to be a friend before he passed away, right? Tens of thousands of people because that's the kind of personality he had and um, a very warm and caring guy. And his funeral will be this weekend. This Saturday, yeah. Unfortunately, I've got to go to a wedding in Wisconsin, and I'm not going to be able to be there, but um, I would have been. We're going to pause for just a moment, and then we'll come back. We have a few questions from text uh, messages coming in. So if you have a question dealing with the safety of uh, jet skis or anything of that sort, memories of Roy Heron, give us a shout. 615 893 1450. Now more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. Swap and shop with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings, 7.50 to 8.10 on WGNS, AM, FM, online. Does being a caregiver for your loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. Arosa has an experienced team of caregivers and licensed care managers who help families make educated decisions regarding the aging process. This is Erin Keogh Rankin. Let me help you. Call us at 615-848-6774 or find us at arosacare.com. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, 
Whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthcare.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. Otherwise, partial sunshine develops high in the low 90s. Tonight, chance for rain and storms low of 73. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 77. Good morning. THB just rolled up on a scene of an accident out in West Nashville, 40 eastbound near McCroy Lane. Keep that in mind now. As you come in from Dixon County, you'll see those flashing lights. 6900 block of Charlotte Pike, that wreck is over to the side. It's a little bit busy down through Sumner County. On 65 south through Millersville, we can see slow traffic trying to get out of Clarksville right now. On 24 east, headed towards Nashville on a wreck out there in Montgomery County. Hey, Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. Check out their website, nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Dave Ramsey, America's most trusted money expert. The Dave Ramsey Show, live each day from 1 to 4 on WGNS Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. Happy birthday to Lisa Van Cleve. She is our winner of the delicious banana pudding from Slick Big Barbecue. And congratulations to Hina Patel, our good neighbor of the day. She receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and everyone at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. They said that uh, Hina is a pleasant and accommodating person, just always caring and helping for others. Local attorney John Day is with us this morning, and we are paying tribute to Roy Heron and remembering his life. He passed away this last Sunday. Uh, He was in Vanderbilt Hospital, but a week earlier... He was in a tragic ski accident, jet ski accident, uh, on Kentucky Lake, which is not too far from where he lived. He was up in Dresden, and Kentucky Lake is what, Paris, Tennessee, that area? Just, yeah, just north of Paris. So a beautiful area up there. Uh, it just, you know, I don't know, maybe it's uh, as you get older you notice these things. Life is so delicate. I mean, you, you'd never expect... Uh, you never have a clue when it's coming to an end for you. And it seems to be so delicate people that uh, you, you never think about them. Well, this is the last time I'll see them. Yeah, I mean, one, this is uh, going to sound strange. Uh, the first half of it is. But one, you know, I do personal injury and wrongful death work, which means that every day I meet with somebody who either 
was seriously injured in some sort of incident or a meeting with a family member of somebody who lost a life. And all of those people share one common thing, and that is two seconds before the injury happened, they didn't think it was going to happen. They thought it was another day. The good thing about that experience for me over the last 42 years is that it has given me an increased appreciation for the of being alive and how precious it is and how quickly it can all change. And, you know, my kids will tell you that um, I drive them crazy worrying about things, you know, <laughs> and because I, I, I do see things go bad really, really quick for lots and lots of people. And, you know, we've avoided it in my life so far. I hope I always do, but I have learned to appreciate, I think, um, how precious uh, life is. And as you mentioned, he was up with his family, enjoying family time on the lake. Who That was the farthest thing from his mind. Well, that's that's just it. But, I mean, you know, it's... Life. That, th- th- yeah, this is how quickly it could change. I just, I, I met with a woman the other day, uh, and I don't want to give too many details, uh, but suffice it to say that her 14-year-old son was alive, and two minutes later, he was dead less than three blocks from her home. Oh. He got into the car with a 19-year-old who showed off, and there was a wreck, and they both died. And this kid was just had been playing in the yard, and then it all changed. And it can happen that quickly, and it is absolutely terrifying. It could be paralyzing for many people because it can happen just that quick. Do you think that out of the death of Roy Heron there will be new legislation that will require or can you require uh, jet ski safety or jet ski training or well there's they as i mentioned earlier you have to have a license to operate one if you've been born uh, any time within the last 24 years no i guess it's yeah 34 years so like my daughter was born in 19 uh, my oldest daughter was born in uh, 1991 she had to get a license uh, she you know if she'd been two years older she would not have had to get one so there's the laws are on the books to inf- to uh, legislate jet ski safety I mean the you have to wear a personal water uh, a device with a uh, uh, they used to call them life jackets they don't call them that anymore they're uh, uh, flotation devices you have to wear that you cannot jump wakes within a hundred feet of a boat so you sometimes you see people horsing around following a boat and jumping back and forth you can still do that if you exercise reasonable care when you're doing it, but you have to be at least a hundred feet away from the boat you can't get too close to a dock or to the shore uh, you can't drink you know, if you have a, it's just like on Driving a car, you could have a drink, but you if you're at 0.08 blood alcohol level, you're presumed to be intoxicated and you can lose, you can go to jail just like you can with driving a car. I mean, there's all sorts of rules in place. 
Whether or not there will be any new legislation adopted will depend on what exactly happened and whether there's any sort of hole in the law that wouldn't give rise to punishment if that's appropriate. And I've heard some things about what happened, but I don't even want to comment on it because it's just rumors as far as I'm concerned until an official report is out. And then we'll see what happened and whether the law is adequate to address it. We have a question here from a listener. Uh, This one is about the jet boats. Uh, Jet skis are one thing, but the jet boats, is that the same principle as the jet ski where you don't uh, slow it down uh, because you'd lose control? Yeah, the jet. there's several different types of jet boats out there. in fact, Sea-Doo has a jet boat where they basically put a, a Sea-Doo engine in a, uh, a smaller boat that's 15 or 16 foot long. It's all built of plastic. It operates on the exact same principle. There are also jet boats, full-size boats that operate uh, with jets. They have the same problem. They are, uh, to my knowledge, they uh, are very, very difficult to steer if you're not if you don't have power to those jets. Um, in fact, there are jet boats. I've been on one on the Snake River that are operated by levers as opposed to a steering wheel. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So, it, it instead of having jets that spew out air, these all work on the principle of spewing water out, right? Water, and propelling you forward, right? Water is sucked in. And then blowing out, out the back. And there are little, you know, I'm not very mechanically minded, so I'll call them fins, that that uh, when you turn the steering bar for the uh, personal watercraft device, it adjusts where the, um, where the jet goes out and therefore serves to turn. So when you want to turn left, water shoots out towards the right and the vessel is essentially pushed towards the left. If you want to go right, vice versa, water is pushed out to the left from the rear and it moves the vessel to the right. What is the benefit of this uh, type of boat? Is it more fuel efficient? Is it faster? Is it easier to control? Uh, What what is the benefit of it? Well, one benefit is it doesn't have a propeller. (laughs) So then they're dangerous too, right? They can can cause injuries. So you can operate it in shallower water. Um, And it, uh, it's lighter, you know, it's, it's, it's still heavy. There's way hundreds of pounds, but it's not like having an engine on the back or built in with into the, into the watercraft device itself and running a propeller. So it's a, and it's only built for one or two. Some of them are big enough for three people. But it lets you run in, in what I'm going to call backwater. I think I can run in about two feet of water. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like that. So barely any water. Yeah. It, 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 the the risk is as you get into shallower water, you can and then there's a gravel bottom. You can suck gravel up into it. It doesn't do it any good. <laughs> right, I can imagine. <laughs> So if there's one thing that we really want to get across, and I want to stress this uh, throughout our broadcast, because you won't say it once and have it remembered, what is the one goal in today's program that, as people walk away, you would think, I hope they got that message? Well, 
the message is that there are risks involved in boating, and despite the fact that there's no lanes of traffic, there are rules for safe operation of boats, and you need to drive defensively on the water just like you do on the roadway. In other words, you have to pay attention not only for what you're doing, but also for what other people are doing because other people can make mistakes and you may pay for them. We have a a listener who just uh, sent us something that said we need to particularly be aware of that in this area because uh, they are saying that at Percy Priest Lake there have been more boating accidents uh, last year than there were in most of the other lakes. Uh, Almost half of the boating accidents were on Percy Priest, they're indicating. I don't know if that's... uh, we don't have the figures, but... Well, I, I, I've i seen the figures. I, I, I do know that Percy Priest last year had four deaths, and that was tied with the state record. Um, the Watts Bar Lake, which is over between uh, Chattanooga and Knoxville, also had four deaths. And uh, so there are lots of... There are lots of deaths in comparison with other lakes in the Tennessee on Percy Priest. I'll also say I haven't been on Percy Priest Lake probably in 25 years because I'm I'm usually at Tim's Ford, but it's a very, very busy lake. Yes. And, you know, more people increases the likelihood of uh, collisions. Um, And guess when the most accidents occur on lakes? Saturday afternoon. You know, and think about it. That's when the people are out there. You're right. And it's Saturday afternoon. Now, and this is also a boat, I don't guess, uh, a jet ski. It's limited to good weather, summer weather. You're not going to be out there in the dead of winter. You could be out there on a fishing boat, but you're not going to be, I don't think you're going to be on a jet ski, are you? Well, I've been out when it's been in the 50s, uh, and I wear... uh, I wear a full set of clothes and a uh, and uh, a jacket, and then have my uh, what I call, still call a life jacket, even though I'm not supposed to. I still wear uh, I wear that, of course, and I wear gloves when it's in the 50s. Um, but there are not very many people who are who will be out there on a personal watercraft device in the 50s. You're you're not going to fish with one, or are so, you? Well, people fish, do people do fish with them? Yes. You can go out and fish on one. And some people like to fish on one because you can get back to places that you maybe can't get to with a boat. Uh, I personally don't do that. I have. I have, but I personally don't do it. Okay. So those are some things that are, I guess, for a person who's listening who is, uh, not a regular boater, this gives them some insight into what a jet ski does. Uh, now, would uh, all personal watercrafts, uh, would they be considered, are all of them jet skis? Or are oh, there some that are well, not? Personal watercraft is a class of boat that includes what people commonly call sea doos or wave runners or jet skis. Okay, so... There's a there's a little bit of difference between a, a jet ski and a traditional, what I'm going to call sea-doo. It's not important they, if for purposes of this show. Both of them present hazards uh, to the operators and to other people if they're not handled appropriately. Then there are boats that are usually 
not all, longer than 16 feet, 16 to 24, 16 to 30 foot, that are fishing boats, pontoon boats, uh, ski boats, that sort of thing. Okay. So uh, are all jets, are all uh, boats that are of that size, are they all jet skis or are some of them propeller driven? No, all all personal watercraft devices that are what we're calling generically sea dews or jet skis. All those are usually sixteen feet in length or under. Okay. And then the and then the traditional boat, a fishing boat, a ski boat, a pontoon boat, those are traditionally more than sixteen feet, and run up into twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, thirty foot. There's even you can get them bigger than that. There are some very, very small fishing boats, 12-foot, 14-foot fishing boats that have a 10 or 24-horse or 25-horse engine on them. Uh, you see those every once in a while, uh, depending on the body of water. But they're, that's for fishing purposes or, you know, small family recreation. Right. Okay. Uh, here's a listener who's, uh, let's see, I'll have to go to an extra thing on that one. Let me ask another question, then I'll go back yeah. to that one, because that's, that's, they've given me a link to go to and some other things oh, okay. to check out. But uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, this person's wanting to know about uh, the types of gasoline. Uh, they're thinking about getting one of these. Is this something that uses just gasoline that you can get at the gas station, or is it some special kind? Well, mine is a uh, a sea dew, as I mentioned. It's three hundred horsepower, and they recommend the use of premium gas. So I put premium gas in mine, and the place that I go uh, sells premium gas that is not doesn't have ethanol in it. In other words, it's straight gas as opposed to having a a, a mixture between gas and uh, grain-based uh, fuel. So it's a lot of the the crazy, I won't say crazy, that's not nice. There's a lot of boat fanatics and engine fanatics who understand all that stuff a whole lot better than me, and they don't think that you should run ethanol products in your high-performance engines. And I don't know if they're right or wrong. I don't know if enough about it, but I tend to buy pure gasoline premium and it's it's always expensive around a lake. Right. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what let's do. Let's pause for just a moment. We will be back. We will continue the conversation. It'll be our final segment. So if you have a question dealing with Roy Heron, dealing with jet ski boats, personal watercrafts, uh, we're certainly in that time of the year where they are very popular. And we're just a few days away from the time of the year that... They're even more popular, the weekends. Stay with us. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10. your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We need to be especially mindful to protect our pets from fleas and ticks. Here at Animal City, we carry a variety of products to keep your dog and cat safe. In addition to products that will directly protect your pet, we carry a variety of items to keep your home safe as well. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. 
Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gardening needs. We'd have everything you want for those gardens and your lawns. If you're needing special gifts or if you're trying to take care of your feathered friends and furry friends, please come see us. Tina, where are you located? The Rutherford Co-op is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop here. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Welcome back, and I do want to uh, give you this information. A total of three people have been arrested in the death of 22-year-old Maya Fuller. The young lady was reported as missing from Murfreesboro and later dead in Wilson County. Family members last saw Fuller alive on July the 20... Uh, actually, it'd be June 29th. No, July 29th of 2022 in Murfreesboro, which is where she lived. Fuller graduated from Blackman High School in 2018, where she played basketball and was an honor student. She graduated magna cum laude. Uh, before the 22-year-old was reported as missing, she's believed to have worked at an event on July 30th at the Nashville Soccer Club, according to uh, earlier reports. About a week uh, after She was reported as missing. The lifeless body of Maya Christine Fuller was located in rural Wilson County, and she was found along Trammell Lane, which runs between Highway 231 near Cedars of Lebanon State Park and Highway 70 in Watertown. Now reports indicate that two women and one man have been arrested in connection with her death. Two women and one man. Uh, we don't have that uh, those, those people's names at this time, but uh, we're uh, on top of that and we'll be keeping you informed. So stay with us here at WGNS. We have about a minute left in our broadcast. And uh, before we leave, we want to uh, ask if you would uh, just sort of uh, underline some of those important points that we need to take away from our show. Well, number one, I would encourage uh, people to uh, enjoy the water. It's been great for uh, our family, and uh, and if you have the opportunity to do it, uh, do it, but do it safely. Uh, remember to wear uh, flotation devices. Uh, things can happen quick. Things can go bad. You can get knocked in the water, and these devices can uh, help save your life. Uh, be aware uh, of the, your surroundings if you're operating any sort of a vessel on the waterway, and keep a, 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 a lookout for mistakes that other people might make that will put you in danger. And the last thing, just like with automobiles, drinking 
in operating boats, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's just increases your risk. It decreases your reaction time. And I, uh, you can get in the same amount of trouble for uh, uh, driving a boat while intoxicated as you can for driving a car. And plus, the, doing so could cost you your life. John Day, an attorney, visiting with us this morning. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bart. This is WGNS Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It is 9 o'clock.